0: On this episode of Resi Week, Sonos sues Blue Sound, how to profit from pushback, and the made for Google event in NYC. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week.
1: The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This, this. This. This is, is AV Nation. Nation.
2: This
1: is AV Nation.
0: This is Resi Week episode 194. Throw the Boxes Out. Support
2: for AV Nation is brought to
0: you
1: by Christie Digital and by Peerless AV, driving technology through innovation.
0: Welcome to Resi Week. This is your weekly wrap-up of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matty Scott for AVNation.tv, and today I'm pleased to be joined by my good pal, Joe Whitaker. He is the president and owner of thoughtful integrations. How are you doing sir? I am doing well glad to be back on the show with lots of cool neat stuff to talk about. Thank you so much for coming back. Then we have uh, one of my uh, two of my good long-standing friends out of New York, New Jersey area. The Mark sorry you're going to get introduced last for this yeah. and this reason alone. Last night I had a fantastic steak made so much better because my good buddy Todd Puma who's the president of the source home theater sent me some Peter Luger steak sauce so thank you for that and thanks for coming on the show my friend you're very welcome man. I'm glad you enjoyed it it was fantastic and last but not least Mark Feinberg he is the president of home theater advisors he also offered to, offered to ship me Peter Luger steak sauce but Todd beat him to the punch so thanks for that and thanks for coming on the show
2: anytime Matt I actually bought myself a bottle last night so I'm making steaks tonight so we'll see how it goes had it so
1: huh I said he could Uh, ruin the recipe with his cooking. Believe me, he's the only person that can make it taste bad.
0: (laughs) Wow, and that's how we're going to start the show off. All right, gentlemen, let's kick this off with a story that comes to us from CE Pro. If you hadn't caught this, Sonos is in the news again, probably for something that they'd rather not be in the news for. They have sued Lenbrook and Blue Sound multi-room audio system for a, a, a bunch of infringements uh, on so called Sonos, or not so called, but Sonos patents uh, and a, a bunch of other things. So, Joe, I want to start this off with you. This seems to be something that we talk about on this show way more often than we should. Sonos has gone out and, and, and sued another manufacturer. Julie highlights a ton of stuff in this, in, including uh, Blue Sounds and, and, and Limbrook's responses to a large portion of this this lawsuit how much of this is is just frivolous Sonos is making a lot of waves and making a lot of noise over some implied infringement and I say implied because until until it's proven out who knows um and 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 how much of this is just them going after a a smaller company
3: well it's this article by Julie, as far as one of the patent articles that have come out in years is probably one of the best ones because it truly kind of tells both sides of the story, how both people are reacting, which we don't get a lot from any of the publications in our industry. No. The neat thing about this to me though, is, is I know how patent law works. So when I read this, it kind of gives me the tingles up my spine because, you know, for one, this is nothing new. Uh, Sonos did this with Denon Hios and some other people in Yamaha. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, this this type of um, infringement suit harkens back to the Lutron-Leviton-Lutron-Control-4 type of lawsuit where you're taking pieces of different patents and then claiming an, an infringement.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: However, Blue Sound has made the most genius response ever because this is the first time that we've seen one of these people, Control-4, Leviton, Light Touch, Yamaha, Denon, Heos—all these. This is the first time we've ever seen one of them reply with real recorded previous art. You know, it's it's funny how infringement goes in that you may have had a patent, and the uh, patent assessor or the person that has went through it missed some previous art um, while they were actually doing the approval. At the end of the day, previous art always trumps all. Yeah, you know, it's like. It's like if you were the guy who invented oil and somebody else, you know, you've already recorded it. It's been in the wall street journal. and Then somebody else goes, Oh, I've got oil. Um, and then tries to do, I mean, it, it gets really tricky. This is one of the few times where I think I don't care how much money Sonos has. They might not get this one um, because the previous art is actually that compelling. You know, the, in Julie's article, she didn't specifically mention the brand names that Blue Sound was talking about, about, mm-hmm. you know, these people did it or these people did it. But, you know, like me, Matt, Todd, Mark, we know exactly who they're referencing. You know, we know they're referencing NetStreams. We know they're referencing uh, some stuff that some of the engineers at Blue Sound did at another company before Sonos even existed. Um, and we know those were published devices. There was marketing literature with those devices, especially on the NetStream front. And the yeah. things that Sonos is directly implying are direct previous art statements from other companies that had built this and done this a decade before Sonos ever showed up on Best Buy's floor, you know show floor. So I think the article is amazing. And this is, to me, um, one of the first times I think that it doesn't matter how much money or how many attorneys they have, there's a very good chance they're not going to get this one because blue sounds battling, right?
0: Yeah. Very good. Todd, when you see this, obviously there's, there's there can be a ton of questions that come up, but the one I'm most interested in for for you to answer for us is what would you do in the situation where, whether you sell Sonos or not, I, I don't necessarily care for, for this, this, this question, but If you are offering Sonos to a customer and that customer, I don't know, maybe he's a lawyer who sees this article or sees something about it and goes, huh, I'm interested whether you're selling Blue Sound or or Sonos in this situation. How do you address something like this that comes up to a client?
1: I usually walk around it, right? Because what I'm offering is the customer solution, the best solution possible for their home. That's going to integrate and be seamless. So I would kind of touch off of the whole legalistic point of view, and I would leave that to people like him to make that judgment call and see where it's going. But for me, on a standpoint, for a manufacturer, Sonos is going to be around. Sonos has been doing a great job. Sonos works every single time. Sonos integrates now in the CI industry very well, and they're constantly growing in our industry. And for the customer, they're going to be less problematic, and, and to be honest with you, they're the only solution that I was actually speaking with Mark earlier about that we put in and it's set and forget. And you don't have to worry about, it. there's never issues with Sonos unless it's caused by myself or one of my integrators by plugging in an additional ethernet wire to the switch where it's knocking down the switch. But Sonos really ever has any issues.
0: Very good. Mark, the one article or the, the one piece of this story that, that kind of cracked me up a little bit was Sonos kind of saying that essentially they've created the multi-room audio thing. And as Joe alluded to, in the industry we know that that is not necessarily true but in the public eye for i'd argue even our clientele at least 95% of our clientele are going to feel that that does that that sonos did create this space does that have obviously that won't have weight in the in the lawsuit side of things but in the public eye will that carry enough weight to dismiss whatever the the result of this lawsuit is
2: yeah i mean i don't think clients really care about the lawsuit i mean they the only reason they would care and in my opinion is if they're blue sound customers because they're afraid they something could happen to blue sound sonos is bringing the suit i don't foresee anything happening that would negatively impact sonos's existence based on this suit so Yeah, I mean, they invented the, I believe, the wireless multi-room audio solution. Um, They didn't invent multi-room audio. That's been around forever off of AM, FM tuners and CD players and racks with multi-channel amps and volume controls on walls. I mean, multi-room's been around forever. But they, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, were the first player in wireless multi-room audio. And that's who they're going after, the people who are doing a similar type of system. Um, I'm with Todd. We are big Sonos supporters because it just works it's imminently flexible um you know if somebody says oh gee I, I you know i decided to put music in my kids room i could throw a 200 dollars sonos one in there and call it a day and the last thing i want to do is have a client come back at me and say you know sonos can do this how come you didn't put sonos in yeah that's what they know i mean to them sonos is synonymous with multi-room audio i ask a client hey, do you want do you want multi-room audio they kind of look at me like i have two heads when I say, you know, music in every loop room, like Sonos. Like, oh, Sonos, yeah, yeah, I want Sonos. So, it's what they know. It's 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 their lingo. So, yeah.
3: <laughs> I, you know, I'd like I'd like to add to that in that yeah. you know my relationship with Sonos has been up and down for for many years, and and those guys over there know I love them to death. Um, I do I do kind of agree with Mark on the wireless speaker. Um, I, you know, in, in a box, you know, I, I think they were. Um, the first to introduce that, but I'm willing to bet Blue Sound is going to pull out stuff like um, the Control Four wireless speaker. Point um, beat Sonos's launch by 18 months at its release, so they were the first with real multi-room wireless audio. But when it comes to speakers like the One or the Play One yep. or the the Play Bar, Sonos for sure beat. Everyone out the gate. Nobody, nobody can even say that within the first year had anything close.
0: Well, and the very interesting thing will always come back to the lawyers and when things were filed and when things were approved. So keep, keep a watch on that if you're so inclined. Otherwise, uh, if there is a fun... Um, Resolution to that, we'll bring it to you. We'll let you know. All right, gentlemen, let's move on to our next story of the day. This comes to us from Residential Systems and one of my good friends, Henry Clifford. He writes on profiting from the backlash. Uh, Essentially, he recounts a story of walking into a client's home, uh, pitching a full, top of the line, full boat, uh, high end automation system to have the client rebut that with, Well, we did that once, it sucked for whatever reason. And he goes on to talk about how. Many times they will, you know, turn that that sale around and, and again succeed at that sale by offering subsystem-based uh, solutions opposed to a full-fledged uh, control system that the client is balking on from the get-go. So Todd, I want to start with you on this specifically because I believe—correct me if I'm wrong—you've written something similar in this same vein uh, down the road uh, a couple of times in the past about you know how to how to rebut. Uh, client objections, so I, I wanted to start with you on this when you read henry 's article when you look at the stuff that you've you've written about in the past as well what is the best way to to, to flip that uh, flip that conversation and not have the client feel that they're you know being pandered to how do you flip that's
1: that, that's a great question and something I'm presented with daily is, you know, working with Crestron, it's been around the longest out of any home automation brand that's been out there. So a lot of people think that Crestron was what it was 10 years ago. If the iPad was only created 10 years ago and the technology has grown so much, so has Crestron and the way it's been experienced, you know. Um, with the challenges I get presented is, you know, we already had that, we already invested that kind of money. You know, there's all this new technology out there today. How can we sit there and come up with a solution that's going to be a little more cost effective, like my friends I'm seeing with Nest thermostats, or my other friend that has Sonos, or my other friend that's, you know, kind of just got basic smart TV functions, and he doesn't have any universal remote control. So what I do is I kind of just work with them with the presentation is I use my tools in order to sell against working with you know, third party apps and all these different integration products. And I give them what they want to a sense. You want Sonos? I can integrate Sonos into the Crestron app. One app, everything's integrated in there. I also use another tool, which is Crestron showroom. Bring them to Crestron showroom. I bring them to other customers' homes and I kind of go through the new experience with them versus kind of just bending a knee Uh, in my practices. And the way I live is if I haven't lived with it and I don't integrate with it, I ain't selling it because it's only going to be a bad experience for everyone customers expectations are only set by being honest with them and if I feel like I can't give them the experience that I offered them from the beginning I'm gonna do everything I can to work them away from that or give them somebody who else who could works in that market who could integrate multiple products that doesn't mind to sit there using different TV remotes and different apps to give them that solution but it's not
0: very good, Mark. When you see this, when you hear what Todd said, um, I I, I kind of disagree with Todd a little bit on this one. I, I believe that there is a lot of validity to, you know, a, a single whole home solution, a, a full platform, but also recognizing what the client's looking for and saying, "Hey, if you want to live that 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 folder of apps life, we can do that. We can do whatever you want." How much validity is it? Is there to that statement that you can you can have it
2: both ways? Well, yeah. When Todd's client walks away from him because he's trying to rip them off, they just come to me, so I can. (laughs) Well, that's who I recommend. So now you're gonna just sit there. and never recommended you again. That's it. You're off my list. (laughs) (laughs) Help it. Um, No, I mean I said what
0: we were all thinking. So thank you. (laughs) I
2: love Todd, man. He is uh, he crushes it with his clients. No, I'm I'm with you, Matt. I mean, that happens to me a lot. Clients like I don't, you know, they don't want to invest in the whole home lighting. They don't want to invest in automated shading or HVAC control or whatever. And they, they say, you know, I, I I just want to use my Sonos app and my Lutron app and I'll get a Nest camera myself because we don't, similar to Todd, we don't install things we don't live with and don't integrate well. So we don't sell and install Nest cameras. We let them do that. Um, I say, that's fine. I tell, you know, you're going to have a folder full of apps. It's, it's akin to having a coffee table full of remote controls. It's going to be a similar experience. It's not going to work together. You're not going to have that unified button when, you're, when you leave the apartment, when you leave the house, like apartment, because I'm in New York, when you leave the apartment that says goodbye and it turns off all the lights, turns off all the music, turn, you know, locks the door behind you. You got to do that individually for each subsystem. You know, it, it, I tell them that's, that's what you're giving up. But why don't we work with products, much as Henry said in the article, why don't we work with products and brands that if down the road you realize you want that integrated experience, we can do it. So let's not use a Nest thermostat. Let's use an Ecobee thermostat because it integrates better. Let's not use Nest cams. You know, Let's look at doing more of a regular CCTV system. Um, th- th- you know, Let's not use Caseta. Let's use Radio Rock things of that nature so that it will integrate better down the road and we do that a lot and we I'll say it doesn't usually end up that we integrate down the road but they're big sizable jobs and we're still pulling all the wire we're still putting in speakers we're still doing surround sound systems with the universal remote we're still putting control for because that's going to be our remote control we're just not getting the programming revenue of pulling it all together
1: Joe
0: right. Sorry, yeah, I was ahead. just
1: gonna just touch it. what Mark is stating is correct. But, the, but what he's also doing is he's advising the customer on what they should be getting to integrate in the future, which all of us should be doing. But the mm-hmm. one thing that we don't do is we're not a big box store, we don't just say yes to them for anything. We they come to us because we're their professionals, and what it ultimately comes down to is a price point. And as long as we can meet that price point, give them a great experience, and give them great products that they know is gonna last, they're gonna go with it every single time. It's just that you have to sell them the value. A lot of people don't know how to sell the value. They give into the customer and take a McDonald's order, but that's not what we're here to do. None of us on this podcast today are here to do that.
0: Right. So Joe, let me ask you this because Mark kind of alluded to this. Todd just brought it up again. Is that to a degree, not what we, what we do though. We, we find solutions for the customer. We find the right solution for them whether that's directing them into something that's upgradable, whether that's directing them to something that they want, whether it's just helping them, I I don't don't want to say see the error of their ways, but realize that, hey, if you want to go down this, this nest cam or this ring cam road, here's what you're giving up in the future. And if you choose to make that decision, fine, sign here. Isn't that, is that not what we do? We integrate things together. We make stuff work. And we, and we fit and meet the expectation that the client's looking for? Yes and no. So
3: <laughs> obviously, yes. Um, you know, I, I hope none of, none of my customers or my clients or, or my competitors are watching this um, because, you know, my, my standpoint is, in, is really different in that, you know, I don't know, care if you're talking about Savant, Crestron, Control 4, um, Nest, uh, Ecobee, whatever the case may be, you know, my thing is, especially when I get, get told, you know, this conversation, oh, well, we had this at this other house, um, you know, I take that old school sales aspect of it and do the make you feel good, hurt you, bring you down a notch, and then bring you back up with an emotional high and you're going to purchase because, the, you know, the thing with the, with the sale is throw the boxes out. You know, forget you don't converse with a customer about a box, a brand brand a wire connector, none of that. You have to start with the old school estimate mentality. What do you want? What were the pain points you had at your last residence or last business? How can we make that better? And then this is what it's going to, cause to cost estimate-wise to deliver that satisfactory experience to you. Then they may ask what brands you're going to use, but at that point that doesn't matter. All you're trying to do is let them know what they may have experienced because their old system was installed 15, 10 years ago. The rebuttal might already be built in. Oh, it doesn't work that any, that way anymore. Or we can do that. You know, that's it. Because, you know, we always say we can do anything if you throw enough money at it. But at the end of the day, yes, yes, there are limitations. But that's that psychology of a sale when it comes to things like this. It's just like plumbing and electrical. You know, the technology changes. But the, you know, the, the electrician doesn't tell you, uh, tell the, the homeowner, oh, we're going to use, you know, Schneider breaker, Breakers or we're going to use, you know, uh, 16 blah, 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 Romex or, or whatever the case may be. Those aren't part of the conversations. When we start putting those name brands and those product SKUs and all of that into our conversation, we're stepping on our own foot already. You don't, you, you don't do that. You need to find out what they want, how we're going to accomplish that and then how we can give it to them. And then we have, of course, our toolbox of our networking products and our automation products and our multi-room products that we can use to cater to that. But I always use, you know, when you're talking about the Nest thing, because kind of like Mark, we do some of those homes where, you know, we may use, uh, you know, uh, On Cue's wireless sliding control, which later down the road could work with Control 4, or e thermostats, which could work with Control 4 or Alexa or, you know, uh, ring doorbells or whatever the case may be. And then the good old, you know, EA1 is a universal remote. And then just throw it in the back end so you can grow this from here. So we do that. But I always go back have you, sure, you guys are, are, you know, about my age. So you've seen Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, you know, the old (laughs) one, right? Yeah. So, you know, I always tell the client, it's kind of like the island of misfit toys, Right. Do you want to live at the Island of Misfit Toys because you're getting ready to step into the island of disparate devices? You know, like that that's where you're going to be. You're going to have 20. You're going to have to flip over five times to get to your thermostat and then wait for it to load. And then, oh crap, I need to go turn down the music. What button was that? Do you you want to experience that? Some people, well, they're fine with that. And then maybe budgetary constraints are used to their iPhone. They do it at work, whatever the case may be. But consolidating that all and proposing it in a way that it's a successful lifestyle, you're right, uh, uh, Matt. It's it's that
0: integration portion. So so hold on. If Mark's saying that the client is is instantly jumping into the TV brand conversation, if Todd's saying that he's he's hearing a little bit about it from from clients, at what point are, are we stepping on our own toes and, and jumping to that conversation? Or does the client really only know those couple of products and those couple of brands?
3: Well, I mean, of course, they only they only know the brands that are marketed on, you know, Super Bowl ads. You know, the big ones, Sony, Samsung, Nest, Sonos. You know, Those are the only ones they know because those are the only ones that have been marketed to them, you know, while they're watching the big game or, or, or TV or the news ad or in Maxim magazine. Um, Lutron, I mean, the, the big brands that have billion dollar, you know, million dollar marketing budgets, of course they know those brands, but then it's our job to educate them and say, this can do X, Y, Z, and it can't do numbers one through five. So, I mean, that's, that's our job to come in and say the, there's a, there's a cost of experience in that.
0: Is that why no one's asking me for my general speakers? That's the problem, isn't it? All right, gentlemen, let's move on to our last story of the day. This comes to us from a residential tech today. Uh, if you missed it, and this is an article by Michael Heist, the Made for Google event was last week and they unveiled to no one's big surprise uh, Nest Aware, Nest Mini, Nest Wi-Fi, and Pixel Buds. So I, I'm going to blow through this kind of fairly quickly just because it's our last story of the day and we're, we're a little crunched for time. Uh, so Mark, I want to start with you on this one. When you see this, when, when you read this story, when you see stuff like Nest Aware, is that something that has literally any place in our, in our channel or, or is that a, just a, a complete different, different vein?
2: Uh, A customer's going to ask me about it, but then I'm going to stare away from it because it's not something that integrates. It's not something that, as we talked about before, if we want to go down the line and we want to create a holistic system right now, Google has shut down all integration with, you know, with the control systems. So Nest isn't working, Nest cams don't work, it's just, Nest doorbell doesn't doesn't integrate. So the conversation will be, you can do that, you can buy it, you can have your electrician install it, we don't touch it. And that's kind of where the conversation ends for us.
0: Well,
1: I guess that, you don't that's... consider them a- What was that? I guess you don't consider them a friend that they don't share their fries. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's great, Joe. The 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 one that kind of caught my eye out of this this entire story, and I'll give this this topic to you. Was the Nest Wi-Fi? That for a while in, in my own company was kind of the go-to for a client that really didn't have the money for anything real, if if I can use that terminology, uh, and just wanted a basic mesh system. We'd recommend go get go get Google Mesh, and you can plug it yourself, easy peasy, no problem. When I see this, one, I haven't seen a mesh system actually do 2.2 gigabits per second, uh, which I have some questions about. I'm sure you'll jump into that one. But also, do I want my Wi-Fi points to have speakers, mics, and Google Assistant built in? I found that slightly disconcerting. What's your take on Nest Wi-Fi?
3: so you know to me that's an interesting conversation because you had you know the the old google wi-fi mesh network and then you had eero um both both in that mesh world and up until uh, expo you've only seen one company actually figure out how to kind of do a mesh right and that's Luxel's new mesh because there's things that go on within a mesh um that there's good points and bad points obviously but for, you know, and Michael Heiss wrote this, so I know the same thing I'm thinking. He was doing his job and, you know, giving the, the reporting on what happened during this event, but I'm willing to bet in the back of his mind, he has the same questions I do because you already talk about mesh, so you already have, you know, limitations in speed, throughput, true throughput, because you got to send and receive, you got a stopping point, another send and receive, you know, the way mesh actually works. How are they getting two gig period I mean, I don't see Cisco Meraki advertising anything around that speed. No. You know, and, and, you know, you're talking Cisco, the big bad dude in the room who owns the name for all the freaking certifications in the world if you want to be, you know, the network guy. You know, you don't see them doing this. So I see a lot of fluff and marketing speak in this. And and then when you get into, the, you know, the, the real, you know, nuts and bolts of the way Wi-Fi works, um, putting, putting a, a Wi-Fi antenna inside of a, a play one is fine, you know, cause you're just shooting some music over there and tracking, you know, network timing protocols and stuff like that. But when you're trying to do, we'll just say one gig, you know, you're just trying to push one gig both ways mm-hmm. in a device that has a magnet in it. Cause guess what? A speaker has a magnet. Now you're talking about a lot of just, I mean, there's physics in this. I, do, I, I would be compelled if anybody from nest even sees this at all, Send me one to play with because I am in such disbelief that you have figured out a way to break the laws of physics. That's where I'm at right now. You broke the laws of physics. Please, please show me this because then I'm going to work with you to break the laws of gravity. Let's do this.
0: Well, just for a, an interesting sidebar fact, on the Meraki, which is if you're not a big networking person, the, the Cisco Meraki is like the, the staple. It is the standard. Uh, that all other wireless tries to meet. Its hardware with a firewall. Its throughput is 450. With a full packet deep inspection firewall. That's what they're running, and that's the commercial one you see in, gosh, tons of buildings everywhere. Uh, Todd, let's wrap this up with you, my friend. The last uh, interesting note of this, which partially is for our friend Mitchell. So Mitchell, you better listen to this and and thank me for this. Google Stadia. Gaming has has been a big, you know, kind of side vertical of our our channel for a long time. Uh, Finding ways to create really awesome gaming experiences in the home. Uh, There's a new PlayStation coming. There's a new Xbox platform coming. Google Stadia has been announced and supposedly it is finally sort of kind of here. Are you hearing, seeing any traction on this at all? Or is this Um, still a, a really random offshoot?
1: It's it's an offshoot right now, but it's funny that you brought that up this weekend. I was like just roaming through YouTube, going through like miscellaneous channels of you know people that I listen to, and uh, while <laughs> well, going through the YouTube channels, um, I actually seen a couple of videos on uh, Stadia, and it it seems to be great. You know, there's some reservations from some of the more educated people in gaming, but you know it's about lag time uh, issues with the buffering speeds and how they're going to make this all occur without having physically, uh, a unit in front of you, like an Xbox or uh, a PlayStation 5. So I'm actually pretty curious about this, and when it does come out, absolutely, I'm gonna drive it.
0: Very good. All right, gentlemen, that uh, is all the time we have for this episode. Thanks so much for joining us. Joe, if people wanna connect with you, learn more about Thoughtful Integrations, where can they do that?
3: They can always email me directly. I always respond at joe at joe.thoughtfulintegrations.com. Find us
0: on Facebook at Thoughtful Integrations and on Twitter at Integrator Tweets. Excellent. Todd, my good friend, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, if people want to connect with you, learn more about The Source Home Theater, where can they do that?
1: You could always contact me on Twitter at Todd Anthony Puma, or you could also get in touch with me at thesourcehometheater.com and let me know what you want to talk about. <laughs>
0: Beautiful. And uh, definitely check out some of the articles that he's written as well. Mark, my good friend, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Life in the City as well as Home Theater Advisors, where
2: can they do that? Uh, You got Mark at HomeTheaterAdvisors.com and Facebook at Home Theater Advisors and at HT Advisors on Twitter.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you, gentlemen, uh, for joining us on this episode. For myself, if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me at Matt D. Scott on Twitter and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please stop by TV, where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of our other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you support them as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week.